You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook. And today we have Peter Watts joining us in the studio. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Jason. Lovely to be here. Good to have you back in the studio today. Peter, what have you been up to over the weekend? Uh, so uh, I was actually speaking out at uh, Glenorchy Seventh-day Adventist Church this uh, past Saturday morning. We we uh, had communion there, and I don't know if any of our listeners have experienced communion. And what does that word mean? What what uh, do we mean by that? Well, we we shared, uh, some people might know the, the Lord's Supper or the Last Supper, um, and it's where we share bread and wine uh, as symbols of the body and blood of Christ, which is something that Jesus uh, actually asked his followers to do in remembrance of him. There's another aspect of that too, and that is uh, we practice foot washing. Uh, and you'll find this in John chapter 13. If you go to the Bible, you'll you'll see that Jesus sets aside his garments, puts a towel around him. He washes the disciples' feet. And this was a... Um, this was something that was customary in his day. We'd think it fairly strange in our culture. Mm. But in Jesus' day, it was a regular part of hospitality. You can read about it in Abraham's day, and uh, you can read about it in Jesus' time. Where, But it was something that would be expected of a servant yeah, to do. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It was more... So yeah. the idea would be a servant of the household would be given the task of washing people's feet as they came in. And, of course, the dusty roads, the shoes that they wore, sometimes they'd be barefoot. And, you know, they would be quite dirty, the, the people's feet. And so this was a, uh, a token of, of uh, care and hospitality. But the fact that Jesus washed his disciples' feet, he took that to a spiritual dile- uh, dimension. Uh, and it was a great act of humility, service and, and cleansing. And uh, it was symbol- symbolic of the cleansing that he offers us through salvation. Mm. Peter, today we're continuing your series, The Apprenticeship, Mm. uh, which is focused on how to be a disciple of Christ. And uh, we are using the the little book, Steps to Christ, as our guide for this series. Um, We're up to Chapter 9. Uh, chapter 8 today, aren't we? Chapter 8 chapter today. Chapter 8, 9 next We're week. Jumping the gun. Yes, yeah, sorry. Um, and I just want to remind our listeners, if you haven't got a book, if you haven't got a copy of this book, Steps to Christ, you can get that from us by texting in our show number, 0488-880-891. Text us in the code word STEPS1, and that's the word S-T-E-P-S, STEPS, and the number one, no spaces, Text it into 0488-880-891 and we can get you a copy of that book, Steps it, to Christ. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I'm looking at the copy of on the your copy there on the desk and it's just a little book. It's yeah. really not a big book, but it is so power-packed. It's got so many uh, little uh, snippets of wisdom in there. And, of course, it's packed with scripture references as well. Um, it's 128 pages with lots of pictures. Okay. So it's probably only about 50 or 60 pages in content. It, it really is a, a little book, but it, it's it's probably the best book I know on discipleship. Mm. Um, there's just so much uh, profound stuff in there, and that's why we're covering it. Yeah, so do text us in if you don't have a copy of this little book. And uh, last week, Peter, we talked about the test. Um, oh, yes. Do you want to r- recap on, uh, yeah. on where we've come from, and then uh, so, we can get into 
into today's program. Yeah, people get nervous when they hear about the test, and if people want to tune in, they can go back uh, on the website and check that out. Yes. Um, but it was the chapter in the book is called the test of discipleship, and basically was that. Uh, if you are a follower of Christ, if you have the Holy Spirit working in your life, if you're keeping your focus on Jesus, then your life will testify of that. The test of discipleship being uh, the fact that your life will produce good fruit. Uh, and Jesus himself, of course, said this, by the, your fruits you shall know them. So it wasn't so much, here's a test you've got to take, but rather the test of your profession of faith is going to be what your life looks like. Yeah. And that's going to be a natural outpouring of the the fruit of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit is in you. Mm. So that was last week. And uh, remember that uh, David Maxwell on the Thursday program on Reflecting Jesus is also talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Mm. So uh, um, that was very relevant to this discussion as well. Yeah. So uh, tune in uh, this Thursday if you want to uh, continue listening to his uh, programs on that. So, Peter, today, what is our title for today? Well, today it's called Growing Up. And, uh, you know, we might just reflect on, on that idea of um, what does it mean to grow up? Why do we need to grow up? Um, what are the benefits of growing up? And uh, in actual fact, in terms of uh, the little book Steps to Christ, it's um, the chapter chapter eight is called Growing Up into Christ, mm. uh, which is a bit of a uh, an addition there that, that will help us. But in this idea of the apprenticeship, that is becoming a disciple of Christ, um, Jesus wanted them to grow. It's one of the reasons why he was pouring ministry into his disciples. And, uh, you know, whilst Jesus encountered many people, had conversations with many people, he poured most of his time into those 12 apostles, those 12 disciples, because he knew that they would be leaders of the new church once he ascended and returned to heaven. He was basically uh, teaching them giving them this apprenticeship, this discipleship journey, so that when he left and poured out the Holy Spirit upon them, that they would be examples of him. They would Mm. be representatives of him here on the earth and continue to do the ministry that he had done with them. It always amazes me, too, that the, the people that Jesus chose were not the uh, <laughs> the elite. They weren't the well-educated. They were the ones who, you know, were fishermen. And, um, and of course, in, in those days, they, they were the people who... Um, I guess had failed to achieve in the in the the uh, religious um, well in order. The, yeah yeah <laughs> um, that's true I, I was thinking you were going to go down the road that they had failed to to succeed in the the empire no um, in in the religious uh, realm yeah they because if they were if they were in the top of their in their grades in terms of their studies for for um, their religious studies and their scriptural studies, then they would have been Pharisees or Sadducees, I guess, you know, or or, yeah. or rabbis or whatever. But these were fishermen. So. You could you could have said you could <clears> say <throat> that they would have failed the interview. Yeah. You know, I re- yeah. actually I remember I was thinking the other day about my first apprenticeship, which was as a car mechanic, and uh, it was it was at this uh, garage, and it was on this very long road. It's actually a Roman road in Br- in uh, Birmingham where I live, and it's a long straight road, and um, I remember I went to the wrong end of the road. I, I went to the address, but it was way on the wrong end of the road and I had to go back. And, and But you could say that the disciples probably wouldn't have passed too many interviews. Mm. And um, they were certainly a mixed bag. You know, they had a tax collector in there, Matthew. Yeah. They had some fishermen in there. 
Um, they had a zealot in there. He was like, uh, you know, a militant, uh, you know, let's go take out the Romans. Which one was he? Uh, Simon the Zealot. Oh, yeah. Yep. Simon the Zealot. And, um, and then, of course, there was Judas, who probably was the most respectable looking of the lot. Yeah. And he, he, was, um, the betrayer. he was corrupt in <laughs> yeah. his heart in terms of his avarice and greed for the money. So, so it, it is fascinating how how Jesus chose these people, but and yet he he wanted to um, mentor them, mm. and he wanted to spend time with them so that they could actually learn yeah. and grow yeah. in their spiritual walk, so that they could take on really he, that they were, as you said earlier, they were going to be continuing on his work after yeah. he left. And and how different was his ministry? compared to the uh, dry formalism of the Jewish faith at that time. Mm. And, um, you know, his was a really living, practical faith that made a real difference to the people that he came into contact with. Mm. And um, so he's, when we're talking about growing up and growing up into Christ, we're really talking about uh, a spiritual growth that takes place as a result of being in the presence of God. Mm. And, uh, you know, people might say, well, you know, that's all well and good to talk about the disciples in the first century. They had Jesus walking around with them. Um, but Jesus actually said uh, at one point, it's to our advantage that he goes away. Mm. And one of those, one of the reasons for that was they said, if I go away, I'll pour out the Holy Spirit. And just as God was with us when Jesus was walking around, we can have God with us through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit today. Uh, and Jesus knew that he wanted to multiply those disciples, those 12 disciples. He didn't want them to remain 12. He wanted them to multiply. And you see in the early chapters of the book of Acts how they did multiply into thousands. And of course, if there's only one, you know, if there's one human being walking around with the name Jesus, then that's where people are going to be. Uh, I mean, I know myself, if Jesus was still walking around Jerusalem today, be, I would not be, be in the studio. <laughs> I would not be here. I would have booked my flight long ago back to Jerusalem and I would be I'd be just there at Jesus' feet. Mm. And he understood this. And, and so because of the, he wanted this to multiply and go around the world, and here we are in Australia talking about Jesus, but the Holy Spirit enables us to have the presence of God with us and in us right here, right now, wherever we are in the world. Um, and it's no, uh, it's no less, it's not diminished by the fact that Jesus is in heaven. Mm. Um, and so um, we, we want to grow through the presence of the Spirit within us. Being that uh, this topic is called growing up, um, you know, there's this analogy or this illustration that, that Jesus often used as, as things growing, mm. seeds growing. Yes. Um, maybe just before we go to the break, we can cover our first um, scripture passage here yeah. from Mark that uh, talks about a seed growing. Yeah, would you like to read that? It's Mark four twenty six to 29. Yeah. And he's basically, Jesus did this a lot. He would take something in the natural world that his uh, listeners were very familiar with and he would apply a spiritual lesson to it. So. It says, this is the New King James Version, it says, And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground, and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. So... Uh, 
I guess this passage is saying we're not, you know, always aware exactly how this happens, but it does happen. There's a supernatural element to it, yeah. and like, and I really love that. I love what I love about this little passage is there is a part to play for the farmer, mm. but there's also a part that the farmer has no control over and no idea really how it works, but it works. Mm. Um, and that is that the farmer sows the seed, and the farmer is involved in reaping the harvest. Uh, and this is a passage sometimes I refer to when we're talking about evangelism and reaching out to others. God has given us a, jo- a job to do in sowing seed and reaping the harvest. But the actual growth is that, supernatural. That's not our, our job. We, there's nothing. <laughs> yeah. we, we can't climb inside and, and make yeah, it grow. That's right. Um, and so uh, this this uh, sort of emphasizes the fact that uh, all growth, it's, it's a little bit like healing. You know, you, you might... Uh, gash your leg or, or something, you go to hospital, and they can um, f- soak the wound and everything. But if your body does not heal, there's nothing the doctors can do much for you. Mm. The, the body actually has this healing element built into us um, that without that, we're really in trouble. So We're going to go to a break. But before we do, here's a question for you. We'd love to hear from you this morning. Can you share a time in your life when you can see that you grew in your relationship with God? There's uh, often things that occur in our life that really challenge us and help us to grow uh, closer to God. So we'd love to hear from you. Can you share a time in your life when you can see that you grew in your relationship with God? Text us in on 0488 880 This is Take My Life by Jaden Levick. Take my life and let it be
Listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and this morning we're talking with Peter Watts on the topic of growing up. And uh, this is really talking about growing up in our relationship with God and growing up in Christ. Peter, um, before the break, we asked a question to our listeners Can you share a time in your life when you can see that you grew up in your relationship with God? Text us in on 0488880891. Now, during the break, we had a message from one of our listeners. Uh, it's not in answer to that question, but it's a, a message that we'd love to share anyway. She says, good morning, Tazzy and Peter. It's a beautiful day here in Mount Gambia. And uh, they had a good weekend, and the Adventist Motorcycle Ministry came for a visit up there. So we'd like to uh, have a, a, a shout-out shout to, uh, to the Motorcycle Ministry. I wonder where they are today. And a shout-out to Teresa. Thanks if they're for, listening, text in to yeah, let, let sure. us know where you're doing your tour today. Thanks for uh, sharing with us, Teresa. We hope that you have a great day um, in Mount Gambia this morning. It sounds like it's going to be a nice one. Mm. So, uh, Peter, before the break, we are talking about this uh, process of growing and mm. And uh, I guess the process of life itself is a bit of a mystery. You know, um, I was listening to a video by a biochemist um, who, you know, was explaining that you know, with all the chemicals, you know, life is, 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 a, is an amazing process. And it's more than just a bunch of chemicals because even though we can create the chemicals, we haven't been able to create life itself. Mm. Well, when we were looking at that uh, little passage where Jesus was talking about the growth of plants and what have you and talking mm. about the sower you know the farmer sows and he doesn't know how it grows mm. and uh, you know we, we call it natural growth but in a way it's kind of supernatural because we we can't do it with it you know we, we um, have have uh, all of the technology available to us now um, we have all of the research through the many centuries uh, to bring us to this point but we can't take non-living matter and make it live mm. Um, and that that's the, what we might call the mystery of life. You and I and all the people listening to this uh, broadcast, we are a miracle of physical biochemical engineering. Uh, the, the fact that um, we take life for granted, but the reality is life really is a miracle. And, and man can't produce life, only God can. And what we want to do is we take this into the spiritual realm then. And, and we you know if we can recognize that in the physical realm, Maybe um, we'll just read um, 
maybe read Matthew six twenty eight. Jesus is um, speaking here as part of the Sermon on the Mount. Mm. It says, uh, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yeah, very interesting. Here is actually, if you read the rest of that passage, he's talking about, you know, you we have cares for the things that we need, like clothing and food and drink. Mm. And he says in that passage, God knows that you need all of these things. And, and these are the kind of things that everybody seeks after, right? God knows that you need them, but ra- mm. rather seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that God knows you need, he'll make sure that you, you get what you need. Um, and so it's kind of like, um, that illustration where he says, consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. They don't work hard at growing. Um, somebody once said that an apple tree produces apples because it's an apple tree, not in order to be one. Mm, true. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. so, so a lot of these middle chapters of the book Steps to Christ are dealing with the, the idea of uh, grace and works. Mm. In other words, it's the grace of God that saves us. So what part do works play? Well, clearly God wants us to do good works. You can read much about that in the Bible. But at the same time, I think it's very easy in religion to get the impression right. In order to be a Christian, I need to be a good person. So therefore, I'm going to work at being a good person Mm. rather than a Christian is actually a follower of Christ. It's being an apprentice. Mm. And and if there's anything on our part, it's it's not uh, working to be a good Christian, but but really just working in our relationship with God in terms of changing our focus towards him yes. rather than turning our focus towards our own works or our own efforts or our own achievements, but rather turning our focus I think to because him. of our sinful nature, when we do start to succeed in an area of life, we start to claim credit. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. We, we try to claim credit. That, that, that's, just the, that's part of the fallen nature. Mm. It's so easy for us to become proud yeah. of what have I become and what have I done and so forth. Whereas if you're, you're absolutely right, and this is the, the focus of Scripture, I think, is the reason we find it challenging is because we are so drawn away by distractions that we find it difficult to maintain our focus on God. Mm. But if we will do that... That's where the growth comes from. That's where the power comes from to live a Christian life. Um, and he becomes our focus. And then also all the glory and all the credit goes to God for what he's doing in us as opposed to for what I'm doing in myself. Um, and I, I think that that's such a, an important element. And the idea is that, um, you know, when Jesus says, consider the lilies, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. It's not like a lily is working hard to become a beautiful lily. Mm. But what Jesus is really saying is, you know, take from what you don't have to stress in terms of your growth, but rather receive from God what God is offering every day and you will grow. It's like uh, existing in the presence of, you know, so the, the plants, they don't strive to, to grow, mm. they simply exist in the presence of the, the blessings sun, of God, the sun, the air, the rain, yeah, and the they nutrients. grow. And I guess that's for us as well. We need to learn how to exist in the presence of God and the continual presence of God and and our relationship with mm-hmm. Him, so that we can we can grow naturally without that human effort 
that so often we strive to do. And let's let's examine that just for a little bit. Why do we do that? Why do we stress? Typically, it's not because our our focus is on God. We then start to look at other people. Mm. And we say, we compare oh, ourselves. We do. We mm. compare ourselves with one another. And, you know, we, we have a whole industry, uh, you know, built upon comparing ourselves with other people. Mm. Um, you know, much of the advertising industry is targeted at mm. us and saying, if you have this, you'll, you'll be better off or you might look like this person. Or, and, and the Bible actually has, expl- you know, explicit um, counsel on that, that we ought not to compare ourselves with one another but we compare ourselves with Christ. And of course, mm. when we compare ourselves with Christ, we all fall short of that goal. Mm. But what Christ is not is doing and what he's not doing, he's not trying to push us back and say, look at me and look at you, you're miles away from where I am. Rather, he's saying, "Help me, let me help you Mm, to grow. bring you up to mm, grow exactly mm. to grow up into the stature of yeah. Christ, and, and so and, and not not trying to be grow into something that you're not. Yes, like as you said, I, I love that example where you gave earlier about the the apple. Yeah, is an apple because it comes from an apple tree, not to, in order to you know the apple That's tree right. doesn't grow an apple to be an apple tree. Yeah, and so God creates us unique. Yeah, and we grow. In the person he created us, not not growing into somebody else. I, like, yeah. God doesn't want me to grow into you, Peter. That's right. You, you're a different Thank person. You have different <laughs> characteristics, different strengths, different weaknesses. But God wants me to grow in in the in the um, the plan and the and the character that He's given me. God has a best version of Jason. Yeah. That He wants you to grow and that's into. That's what He wants me to grow exactly. into. Not not to be someone. The I'm best not. version of yourself and the best version of yourself is one filled with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and that is growing in likeness of Christ. Not that you're going to become a carpenter. You know. Not that you're going to wear the same clothes that Jesus wore or live at the same time that Jesus lived. But you will have the characteristics. That he's going to bring out of you just as he brings fruit out of a healthy tree. Mm. We're going to go to another break. We did have Teresa texting in, sharing um, about a time that she grew up. So we'll share that after the break. But if uh, you're listening and you've got a a time in your life that you can share with us when you can see that you really grew in your relationship with God, we'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488-880-891. This is Sunflower by Janine Orr. Can you see the sunflower radiant and round? Growing in the warm and dusty ground Can you see it turning its face towards the light Awestruck by the one that gives it life Like a sunflower Keep your eyes on me I will give you life I have set you free Like a sunflower 
keep your eyes on me I will give you life I have set you free Standing in the rain It's tear-stained petals Strong despite the pain Can you see the thirsty soil Where roots grow deep Even though the skies above may weep Like a sunflower Grow in me I will give you life I have set you free Like a sunflower Grow in me I will give you set you free All of the things that make up your being the sun on your face air you are breathing I will provide trust in me I am the one who holds you together safe in my arms you withstand the weather I will protect you trust in me Stay the same I will This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And this morning we are talking with Peter Watts on the topic of growing up into Christ. Peter, uh, during oh, our last section, Teresa texted in and uh, shared a beautiful message with us. So we'll, we'll just share that now. She says, uh, the time I really grew up in the Lord was 21 months ago. I was really struggling with drugs as it was pretty much my life. And I got on my knees and cried out to the Lord and he saved me. Since then, I've grown in my relationship with the Lord Jesus more and more each day and have been able to share my testimony with a lot of people. We uh, appreciate you sharing with us, Teresa. That's a beautiful message. It's a beautiful message and it's a beautiful story. And uh, it's so good that you're able to share that with uh, many people. Um, Peter, in the context of what we've been talking about, uh, we've talked, I guess, a little bit about how we grow, but uh, we need to talk a bit more about the specifics of, of the how. Sure. And uh, I'm sure the Bible gives us uh, plenty of ideas on that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let, let's read um, John 15, 1 through 5, and then we'll talk about some of the specifics. But, um, you know, that message from uh, Teresa was really a, a beautiful one. And it sort of, you think of it from, um, if you think of it from a parent's point of view, and God is called our Father. He has lots of children running around here on planet Earth, and mm. he just wants them to come home. He wants them to find the meaning of life. He wants them to have an abundant life. We read all of these things in Scripture. And, um, you know, it's fantastic when you hear stories about people who, who have found God and found life. Mm. So let us have a look at John 15. I might get you to read that. Um, 15, 1 to 5, where Jesus, again, is talking to his disciples. It says, I am the vine, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. All right, we're talking about the how, you know, how do we actually grow? And I think that the beginning of that line in uh, verse 4 there, abide in me and I in you, that is the how in, in a way. And how does that happen? How does Jesus, you know, we might say, well, you know, accept Jesus into your heart. Well, what does that really mean? Mm. And I think that uh, to abide means to dwell, to live uh, in the presence of Christ. And, and what I, how do we do that? We, we do that practically by receiving that which he has given us, and that is in his word. So essentially, uh, the, the how of growth is down to, to three things that we're instructed about in Scripture, and that is to uh, study the word of God, to pray, and then to share. It was interesting that Teresa um, mentioned that um, she's been able to share her testimony with a lot aspect. of people. Yeah. And that is, that is a natural um, outcome of uh, someone who has been touched by God. It's the most natural thing in the world when you've had your life changed by God to want to share that with somebody else. Because, number one, you want them to experience the good things that you have experienced. But more than that, you just can't keep it in. You can't not tell somebody 
how your life has changed. Mm. You know, if somebody wins the lottery yesterday, they're going to tell you about it today. There's no way they're going to forget to tell you about that. Mm. Um, and yet this is of, of infinitely more value than winning the lottery. And um, so effectively, w- those three disciplines of the Christian life um, and, and how we get closer to God, um, we pray, we talk to him, we read the word, he talks to us, and then we share it with others. Mm. Um, you know, what we're learning from God in those three. And I, when it talks about abiding in Christ and he in you, that's the really way we abide in his presence is by listening to him uh, through that word, by listening to him in prayer. Sometimes we do a lot of talking in prayer, but it's good to listen in prayer as well. Mm. Um, and then um, to to invite him into to your own heart. The Bible tells us that we should ask for the Holy Spirit. Um, and that's the person of the Godhead that abides in us right now. And, and not only should we ask, he, he, he promises to give that to us. That's exactly right. Uh, and um, that's in Luke chapter 11, I think, is that it's um, discussing the yeah. way to how pray. How much more? How, how should we pray? And, and, yeah, how much more will the God give us the Holy Spirit if we ask? Yeah. Um, but that concept there is in in that particular passage in, in Luke 11 is that it's a it's a... A continual and re- repeating process. Yes. It's not a once-off. It sure. says ask and keep on asking, so knock and keep on knocking. So here's a question in relation to that too, is why doesn't he give it us whether we ask or not? And I, True, I think yeah. the asking is very important mm. from the perspective of the God of the Bible is a God of free will and he wants to... He wants us to acknowledge that this is really what we want, that we really want to be united with God. We really want the Holy Spirit to dwell and live within us. We really want to abide in Christ. We really want to be in the presence of God. Because let's face it, come eternity, we're going to be in the presence of God all the time. And that's going to be fabulous. Mm. But it's only fabulous if you want to be there, if you want God in your life. Mm. And so that, that asking for the Holy Spirit and God being more than willing to pour it out upon us, but he wants to know, do we really want it? Mm. And um, I think that that's important. So praying, studying, sharing, uh, these are the things that are crucial to growth in the life. I love uh, one of the uh, things that um, is written in this chapter that talks about consecrating yourself. Now, we did a chapter, I think, earlier um, which we we consecration we, we um, named it something fully else fully engaged or something fully like engaged that. that's it but this concept of of consecrating yourself to God every morning I think is a beautiful one because that's again an intentional thing that a, 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 an intentional and a conscious decision that we can make each day and a and a a daily prayer I guess that we can pray that says today God. I don't want to live my plan, but I want to live your plan. I don't mm. want to live in my strength, but I want to live in your strength. Yeah. And it's a it's a moment by moment, day by day, hour by hour, um, recommitting, I guess, to living in his It's in the his outgrowth will. of a relationship. Mm. This is a relationship with God that God wants. This is not just a uh, servant-master kind of thing. This is a, a real relationship and that yes we do grow over time in that relationship we we hope that in five years time we know god better than we did five years ago Mm. um and there should be that growth and um 
You know, there's another passage in Scripture that I think we'll turn to probably after the song that we're going to take another break. Yeah. But uh, it talks about our weakness and his strength, and we want to have a look at that mm. in relation to this. Uh, David from Western Australia has texted in. He says, hi, Jason and Peter. I feel that I've gotten closer to Christ as a Sabbath worship uh, uh, what does he said? Sabbath church worshipper. So uh, David has uh, not long started uh, worshiping on Sabbath at uh, I guess one of our churches in Western Australia, and uh, since May 2021. So he feels that worshiping on the Sabbath has helped him in his relationship with God. That's that's an interesting uh, mm. observation, isn't it? It was interesting. I was talking about uh, reading about uh, the Sabbath this morning, actually, and and. T- Realizing how connected that is with God, who is our Creator, that mm. very day was created mm. for us to remember the the Creator, which is God Himself. It's very symbolic of, I guess, that the rest and the peace that we find in Christ when yeah. we we have that relationship with Him. So, thanks, David, for texting in. Now, our book offer for today is called Words of Hope. It's stories of everyday living. Uh, it's actually by Ellen White, and uh, it, the, there's a bit of a description here that I'll read. Words of Hope presents the stories Jesus told and draws practical, down-to-earth lessons from common scenes, objects, and incidences of life. In this devotional classic, Ellen White plums the depths of the best-loved teachings of Jesus, offering a deeply spiritual understanding of the parables of Christ as they apply to life today. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is it applying all of the uh, the teachings of Jesus, the passages of Scripture? If we can't apply it to our life today, mm. then there's not a lot of point, is there? It's just a lot of theory. Yeah. So uh, words of hope, we'll give that code after the break. Right now, we're going to listen to this song by Bethany Dillon. It's called Satisfy.
Listening to Chasing Encounters on Faith FM, and uh, we're finishing up our program today with Peter Watts on the topic of growing up. Now, I promised the code to our free book giveaway today, and uh, we've got um, 10 copies of this book, so plenty to give away. Words of Hope is the book, and uh, we did read a description about that before. Our code today is steps number seven. Text in steps seven to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. No spaces. Steps S T E P S and the number seven, and we can get you a copy of this book, Words of Hope. It's a devotional book. We'd love to get that out to you, Peter. Before the break, we talked about uh, we wanted to read this particular passage out of Second Corinthians mm. chapter twelve. Um, so let's do that, and uh, then we'll wrap up our program today. Sure. It says, uh, I'm reading here from the New Living Translation, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Mm, it's, it's, it might sound like a strange passage. I, I picked out this one because I thought that, to me, there's a lot of hope in this verse. Mm-hmm. Um, because here's Paul. Paul wrote half the New Testament. He's, you know, outside of Christ, he's probably the most significant figure in the New Testament. And um, and he is saying that he actually takes a pleasure or is happy with the, the things that come his way that, that cause difficulties. And the reason I believe that that is, is because when difficulties come to him, he knows where to go for refuge. He knows where to go for strength. He knows where to go for encouragement. And he goes to Christ. And when he says at the end, therefore, when I am weak, then I am strong. I think there's so much wisdom in that little phrase is Paul is recognizing that as, as, a, as a human being, he has all the flaws. He's not a super saint. You know, sometimes we imagine that people in the Bible, well, they're different to us. They're holy people and we're just mere mortals. Well, no, Paul recognizes his flaws as a human being. He recognizes his weakness. And that's when he goes to Christ and that's where he finds his strength. And that is um, sometimes so opposite to how some of us uh, behave or perhaps how we've perceived religious people to behave. And that is that, you know, religious people, well, I've got it all together and, you know, uh, I'm I'm you know, not lost like everybody else. Whereas Paul is recognizing that without Christ, he would be lost. Mm. But with Christ, he has everything he needs. Mm. And so the idea of recognizing his weakness and going to Christ for strength is is fantastic. Rather than thinking, no, I'm strong enough to stand on my own two feet. I don't need anything. You know, I'm okay. Uh, that is often a human reaction but it's not uh, the one God is looking for. I think another human reaction or, um, to our weaknesses is to focus on them, mm-hmm. to really dwell on them. Yep. And I think um, there's a little quote that I'd like to read from this chapter, which I think says it beautifully. Right. And uh, it also relates to um, the scripture passage, Galatians 2.20. Um 
the the quote is this it says we should not make self the center and indulge anxiety and fear as to whether we shall be saved all this turns the soul away from the source of our strength commit the keeping of your soul to god and trust in him talk and think of jesus let self be lost in him put away all doubt and dismiss your fears i think that's a, a, a beautiful quote because so often we focus on ourselves and and you know as paul says it's in our weaknesses that we can be strong in him mm. and this um quote sort of states as well as long as we keep focused on him yeah that, that's i mean but this, when the, the the book steps to christ says it all there steps to christ yeah. and the closer we get to him yes we will recognize that we we need to grow and that's one of the re- reasons we're studying this chapter but that growth comes from that connection to christ he is the answer he's the solution and so that's where our focus must be um, I just wanted to, um, if we've got time, I'd like to turn to another passage mm. because I want to tell the people who are listening uh, on the radio, do they know that Jesus prayed for them? I want to turn to John 17 and verse 20. And uh, we're probably, I don't know if we've got an, uh, time for another scripture, but I want to turn to this one in John 17 and verse 20. And I just want you to um, read that out if you would. Yeah, I love this passage because, uh, yeah, it, it really uh, it makes me realize. Um, yeah, anyway, let's read it and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> uh, it says, I do not pray for these alone, where he was praying for his disciples, was, wasn't he? Correct. But I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Yeah. I think it's amazing that Jesus himself, who was God himself, prayed not just for his disciples, but he prayed for me and you, yeah, and all, all disciples, future believers, and, absolutely and disciples, and yeah. and that that you know you read that verse and it sort of sends a tingle down your spine it because does. he's praying yeah. for me. Mm. You know, here he is. This is the night before he goes to the cross, mm. and he's praying for his disciples, and he's praying for me, and he's praying for you. If you uh, want Jesus as your savior, if you want to follow Jesus as a disciple, he is praying for you, mm. um, and he is praying that you will be strengthened. By the words that his disciples have written down for us, that's what we call the Bible. Um, and so, yeah, I just love that, that he doesn't pray for just them, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Mm. And uh, the idea that Jesus had, you know, there's a great song called, When He Was on the Cross, I Was on His Mind. And I like that verse too, because, I mean, that's a song, obviously, mm. not a, a verse out of the Bible, but it kind of goes with this because Jesus is not... Jesus said when he um, was in ministry, he said, for this reason, for this purpose, I came into the world. Mm. In other words, he was not just to um, live his life there or even to connect just with the people who were present at that time. But he had a bigger picture in mind. He had the, the salvation of the whole world in mind and all of the people yet future for him at that time. Uh, you and I, the people listening to this broadcast, uh, Jesus was thinking of them and, and praying for them. So we've been talking about growing up into Christ. And just like we said before, like any loving father, they want their children to grow. They want the children to grow healthily. And by following these steps, these steps to Christ and being an apprentice of his, being an, a disciple of his, we can grow up into Christ in terms of character. We can be the best version of ourselves the version that God designed us to be. And uh, as we will engage in prayer and study and sharing with others, 
we can grow up into the likeness of Christ. Was there one uh, further scripture that you wanted to share? Well, I was going to look at Ephesians 4, 14 and 15. So this would probably uh, wrap up here. Ephesians 4, 14 and 15, if you'd like to read that. I actually don't have it up I've got in it here. front of there. You, here we you go. can read it. That we should no longer, be, Paul is writing, he says yeah. that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ, so that we might grow up into Christ. This is what he's saying, and that we will understand what God's plan is for us and uh, how he can help us to grow into the likeness of Christ through Mm. our lives. Thank you, Peter. Now, what have you got for us next week? Next week, we are talking about the subject of the work and the life. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this topic of grace and works and how all that fits together in the Christian life and how we become a more effective disciple for Jesus. And, uh, of course, tomorrow you can join Tabitha and Daniel and they'll be talking about Bible as Oracle. I'm fascinated to listen to that one. Um, and remember our offer for today, steps number seven. Uh, text that into uh, 0488 Have a good day wherever you are. This is Blessed Be the Tie, Sarah Groves. Before our Father's throne, we pour out ardent prayer. Our fears and hopes are one, our comforts in.
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.